good to see all of y'all on on um, via either YouTube or Facebook Live or Instagram. We're so glad. Um, you know, I've kind of imagined seeing your faces, and you know, I do know that we sense you here. You know, even though you can't, we can't see you, but we do really sense you in the spirit. And this week it was really neat. Um, I got to be with our granddaughters. We had to do some social distancing for a couple of weeks to make sure nobody had been, um, you know, been affected by the virus. So I got to be with my granddaughters this week, and we were sitting out by the lake drinking some coffee and we started talking about church and it was just so neat to hear Emma and Madeline's they were just going down the list of some of you guys that they love so much and they think so much of and I just thought you know we really have a gift here in one another there are so this whole body is just we're we're just blessed and I just want to say that to you that we miss you and we feel so blessed that God has made us a part of the local church here together. So so just be blessed today. But um, just wanted to share with you um, some things the Lord has maybe put on my heart. Um, you know, during this time of the coronavirus, it is a time of history. It's just kind of crazy. Um, my daughter-in-law said to me that she's really just trying to talk to her kids Luke and Hannah, and um, about that we're really in history, and um, and I really have thought about that. That this is a time that we really do need to know that this is unprecedented times. And I've been praying. Sue's been praying. We've all been praying on the prayer meeting through the week that we would really not miss what God's doing, even though we don't believe God calls us things like that. But we certainly do know. Byron and I were praying this morning that like Joseph. Um, he found himself in a bad situation in prison, but God used every bit of it uh, to raise him up and feed the world. And so we really need to consider those kinds of things. And we were even praying that out of this, that God would make the church a Joseph people and that we would begin to feed the world uh, with all the treasures that Jesus has to give the world. So... But when I've talked to you a little bit already, midweek little things about, I really feel like it's just a time for us to stand in faith. Um, that from the beginning, God really spoke that to me. It's just really a time for us to, uh, all the things that God has put in us, that we stand in faith during this time because that's really how we're going to get through. And um, so... You know, and I've just been really thinking particularly for our children that um, we, we're, we build on these foundations, these spiritual truths, um, and that our children really need these spiritual truths. And I think it's such a great time right now to, as we're gathered in our homes and really our children cannot have much outside influence, that it really is a time that God is using for us to impart to our children these foundations and these truths of the gospel, so important that we, I've, I've been thinking of hymns that I've, I've grown up on. And, you know, those are things my parents put in me, took me to church and grew up on hymns that have so much 
uh, power-packed gospel words in them. And I just think it's such a time for that. But, um, you know, I've also talked about it being a time of a divine sila, a pause. And it's for many reasons. I, I feel like our family's reconnecting. Moms and dads really just, you know, just being with their children. Siblings being together, reconnecting. Uh, our attention is not on so many other things. And, um, and particularly our relationship with the Lord I have really felt like the Lord hit the pause button that we may really stop and consider where we are with the Lord. Just like in the Psalms, often as as those psalmists were penning things, they would stop and consider what was being said and really letting these things sink into us. And I feel like this is a major sila season that we are in to pause and really set our focus back on the gospel, back on our foundations, uh, get our relationships with family and with the Lord in line. And we can just praise him for that. I mean, I, I think this is a huge blessing in some ways. And I feel like I've heard so many people say that, that even though this is difficult, there are blessings that come out of it. And yet we do really, our hearts go out to people that are sick and people that have lost family members, we don't take that for granted. We don't uh, not have empathy. Uh, but at the same time, we do really need to get out of this what God's doing in us. So, um, you know, there's God's got some new things for us. I really feel that. Byron and I have been hiking. And, um, and one thing that has happened to us is we have discovered some new hiking trails that we would have never discovered had we not been locked out of the state parks <laughs> where we normally go. Um, but we have found some new trails, and it has made me really think, I really believe that God is going to open up some new paths for us that will delight our hearts. Um, I think it was what Jacob was sensing this morning during worship, that he's got some things that we didn't consider. And I'm excited about that. Um, really excited about it. So really, just pay attention. As I was walking on a trail, you know, last week, it was so beautiful and so wonderful. And I thought, Lord, we would have never seen this. It was a waterfall trail. And, you know, and I've got Byron hiking with me, um, which was good. He's sitting right there. Um, It was really good. It's our time together and to really really connect. So God really wants to connect with us right now. Um, one thing I wanted to bring your attention to, I'm just giving a little bit of snippets of things before I actually get into my message fully, but one thing I really wanted to encourage you in is this, there's a word out there by David Wilkerson. He's has been around since the Jesus movement. He's a pastor in New York City, and he's had some, he was, he's passed um, in New York City, but he had a word um, that he penned in 19, in the 80s, where he saw, I'm just going to paraphrase, you could look it up, I was going to have it on my phone, but he paraphrased this, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he saw a plague that hit the whole world, and he saw particularly New York City being plagued by this thing, and he felt like it really was, um, it was a time where that the church would go into repentance. 
and out of it would come a great a third great awakening isn't that powerful and i just think did you know half of the covid nearly uh, close to half of the deaths covid deaths have been in new york city in the united states and so we really that should get our attention that the lord really does want to do some things in us um and i found a scripture this morning i, I feel like the Lord was speaking to me about this scripture because our vice president has brought it up several times. If, if my people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. And I, this thing of humility has been something else. I feel like the Lord has really laid on my heart. And I've had this scripture this morning. I, it's James it's in the fourth chapter of James. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, Does the scripture mean nothing to you that says, The spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us. For he says, God resists you when you are proud that continually pours out grace when you are humble. Isn't that good? So I was just kind of seeing, you know, really, he really just wants to get us back to first love because he's jealous for us. And, you know, and first love is this, is first place. That's really what it is. It's just first place. And could that be really what the Lord is setting this time aside for us to get all the distractions away? And I'm going to tell you this. Even COVID-19 news is a distraction. It has been for me, and I feel like the Lord is saying, do not let this distract you from what I'm doing right now because he really wants to bring us back into this place of humility and getting our hearts back with him in first love. He's a jealous lover. He really is. He just really wants us. He's really never wanted more than that except just to, for us to love him and him to love us. So I just wanted to start with that. So, amen. So hope you can hear all that. But um, so like I said, for me, I felt like this phrase has been for me. You know, it's trying times. I, my heart goes out for many people that don't have jobs and are laid off, furloughed. Uh, and just for all, some people, they really not missed a beat. For a lot of people that are extroverted, this is hard. It's, you know, depression can set in. Introverts are like, well, I mean, I've always social distanced. This is nothing new to me. They're kind of feel like they got a free pass for it. So, <laughs> but, um, but it's trying times. Let's just face it. But I feel like it's time to stand in faith in the Lord to help us. Um, and one thing he said to me, let's go back to home base. Let's go back to things that we know that will keep us, keep our souls. And, um, and I'm going to give you some things that I think are home-based, but really it's going back to our foundations. And I've preached many uh, lots on foundations because this church has been through so much. If we don't have things that keep us, you know, and we've learned things that keep us. And um, I think that's really why God wants to use us during this time. I have, I've had really little fear I've just trusted the Lord. I just have known that God 
has this. And I believe it's because we've learned how to stand on a firm foundation. And this is a great scripture, Psalm 1831. I loved it. It's in the Passion Translation. It says, You are the only God to be worshipped, for there is not a more secure foundation to build my life upon than you. Wow. So that's just, you know, such a powerful way to say it. You know, the Lord himself is our foundation. And um, I love that. And, you know, here at River Life, we've really have built our, a lot of our foundation on Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. I didn't put that up, but as Paul is con- look, con- uh, concluding Second uh, Corinthians, he is really leaving the Corinthians to the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And I'm so thankful that we have really learned that, and I pray that we'll continue learning to rest and have a foundation in knowing that we are accepted by the Father, we're sons and daughters, and that we stand on the grace of Jesus, our grace empowers us through it all, and that we know the power of the Holy Spirit through grace. So um, I just love that. And then another famous scripture is Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen, and this is famous. Uh, I'm going to quote this. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm laying in Zion for a foundation. It's a, uh, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. He who believes, faith, puts his trust in the stone, will not be ashamed or give way or hasten away in sudden panic. How about that one? That's the amplified version. We do not have to be given to panic over a pandemic. And folks, who knows what we have ahead of us in life, but we have a firm foundation that was prophesied in the book of Isaiah that says it's a tried stone, it's a precious cornerstone, it's a sure foundation. It will never be disappointed when any sudden panic comes on us because we are standing on a firm foundation, and that foundation is Christ. And I just want to talk to you today about, the, you know, of going back to our home base, and the home base is the gospel. We'll always return to the gospel. And I just, you know, sometimes we preach on a lot of other things, but we can never get away from what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And it is the gospel of grace. Paul called it the gospel of grace. And I'll give you that scripture for that. It's in the book of Acts. Acts 20, 22 through 24. I, I've been really contemplating, Paul, um, because I think of this man who was totally zealous for the law, for the Jewish law. He was a Pharisee. He was grounded, but he had an encounter with the Lord that changed him. And how many books of the Bible are about the grace of God? He, he spent his whole life on the gospel of grace. It was not just the gospel. It was the gospel of grace. And we need to remember that. He, he, could, have, he was, could have been killed for this and probably really was. But I'm just, I think about this, that sometimes we just think about the gospel. We don't really think about what he went through to bring us the gospel of grace. 
And I love this. And I just want you to know that really when it comes to faith, our home base is always running back to this. We, we can always, we can run all over and we do. We get distracted. But ultimately, run home, run to home base. Run home, run to home base, run to the gospel. We hide there because God, he gave a great price. He gave up his son. Everything prophesied through the Old Testament is all summed up in Christ. It's all summed up in what would happen on that cross for a great release, for the grace of God that would empower us to walk out this life, totally walk it out in everything we face. Amen. Would you say amen to that right now, right where you are. Amen. In Acts 20, 22 through 24, he says this, and I see now I go bound into, bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the chains and tribulation awaits me there. He knew what was awaiting him there. He says this, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Wow. It's powerful. That thing's packed. He knew that chains awaited him. He did not know what would end up from it. But he knew he had a commission from the Holy Spirit. And it was to testify of the gospel of grace. Wow, so powerful. It's our home base. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to remind us just a little bit what grace is. It really is unmerited favor. It's this wonderful favor that our Father pours on us. It has nothing to do with us. It's because it's a great, intense love for us. He sent his son. That son would come and walk in grace and give us grace. He said he came to give us grace for grace. And you know what that looks like? It looks like a river that's flowing. Near water's flowing all the time. That we always find that grace, always find new grace in every situation. I just... And it's unmerited. It's a wonderful failure that is operating on our life. It's so wonderful. And, you know, we get to go in in our own strength and we forget. Especially in times like these, we forget that all we have to do is stop. Say, oh, it's not by works of righteousness. It's by his grace alone. You know, our famous scripture is, you know, and I wanted to say this is, you know, really, the, it, it takes faith. You know, the grace is released through faith. And that's what I'm talking about. It's a time to stand in faith. And that faith is that we put our everything, our everything, into the gospel of grace. Every, this walk that we walk is all by faith. And it's always going back that we have a complete trust and a complete rest in what has been done on the cross. 
and that we know that this incredible favor has gotten released on us through the work of the cross so we can walk this life. It's by faith that it comes, and it says this, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not that of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Least anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship. Did you get that? This is not about works. And I'm going to tell you, salvation is that salvation is not talking about just getting our sin forgiven. It is talked about we are saved, we are healed, and we are delivered. So this means our whole life. We are saved, we are. Our, our sins are forgiven. We are healed. And let me tell you, this is mind, body, soul, spirit. It's our life. And this is all accessed by faith. And it's grace that makes it work. When you, we get a hold of this, where this thing is like, oh, I'm just putting my faith in the cross. That's where it goes. I don't have to do anything else. God does the rest. We are his workmanship. And it's all accessed by faith. And this whole thing that we're walking through right now, faith, faith in the gospel, the gospel of grace. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. Um, I, I just... Um, you know, it's the place where we always have to go back to because even though we walk in the Spirit, we have a flesh body that is at enmity with the Spirit. So the enemy knows that. So he's always trying to draw us back into working this thing out ourselves. It's really what happened at the garden when man fell. Before, you know, by the way, I'm talking about gardens a second. I hope you're enjoying the gardens of your yard right now. I think that's one thing God's been doing for us is getting us back. Because that's in man. That is in man to be outside, to be a part of creation, to be a part of gardens, be part of, of that whole thing. He created us for that. And I think this is a gift for us right now. That's why Lowe's is so packed right now. People don't have anything else to do, so they're running to Lowe's. And I think it's wonderful animals, you know, to see people. You know, I hear that the shelters are, you know, you can't even hardly find a dog there because people find this need. It's a deep need. It's a human thing, a gift God has given us. And I hope we never return from this. I hope we get a hold of that during this time because we were made for a garden. And when man fell out of this, you know what? He fell into this self-effort. We fell into that. It is a flesh pattern for us. It's something we, we always struggle with. And I love, you know, our greatest struggle is not to struggle. It's to know that we're his workmanship. We're God's workmanship. He sent the unmerited favor, the grace, through the death, burial, and resurrection. And by faith, we trust that he's working in us. We don't have to do this ourselves. We just trust and lean. I was thinking about that hymn this morning, learning to lean. You know, leaning on the everlasting arms. 
that's really how we live this. And isn't it so wonderful during this season that our faith and our trust is completely in what he's already done? Oh, it's good. Galatians 3, 1 through 5. I love this. Is Galatians has always been one of my favorite books. It's actually, I'll tell you for me how I probably really started coming into a real revelation of grace. I grew up really, you know, pretty good girl. I was raised Baptist, you know. I'm so thankful for my roots, but, uh, you know, I had a lot of try to do betters, you know, I really did. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I realized by the time I was probably 30 years old, I couldn't do it. I was bankrupt. I had my do betters had run out on me. And I realized that I just really couldn't follow the Lord the way my heart really wanted to follow, that I was failing. And um, and then, you know, the Lord really began to speak to me out of Galatians. And it's always been a favorite. And this is such a good one. 3, 1 through 5. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Now, this is Paul. We need to, he's going after this in book after book. I just want you to get this. Remember, I'm talking about faith. Because this is how we access all this. It's how we access his grace. That you should not obey the truth before your very own eyes. Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Wow. Big price for this. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Wow. How about that one? I love it. It's not by works. It's by the hearing of faith, responding by faith, that I'm putting my trust in the work of the cross and that grace that has been released at the cross that floods me with the power of the Holy Spirit, that I don't trust in myself. Self will bankrupt over and over. It's a bankrupt system. It was a bankrupt system. The law never worked anyway. This is really what the Scripture teaches and I tell you, folks, even if we keep eight out of the ten, ten commandments, it's still not good enough because God is God. This is what the Scripture teaches. It's perfection. There's only one that was perfect. It's Jesus. And he made a new and living way, and it was that his grace would come and empower us and release the flow of the Spirit to live his life through us so that I tell you, people that live by grace are much more holy. I promise you that. It is not a greasy grace. It's power. It's sheer power. The power of the Holy Ghost. Where we lean, we yield, we allow we stand in faith. Faith. 
faith will move mountains. Faith. Listen to this. And it's the works of miracles even come by our faith. Not in my works. It is miracles don't even come by saying it right, doing it right. It's a matter of the grace that's at work. It's powerful. And hey, miracles were being done, by the way. They were being done. 300 years out in the church, miracles were normal. I just want to say that. When we're sozoed, we're saved, healed, delivered. This same power is at work, ongoing. It is not just getting our sin forgiven. It's the power of miracles at work in our life. Thank you, Lord. I love that phrase, the supply, he supplies the Spirit. Wow, so good. Another great scripture is Galatians 2.21. This is a favorite but I love it in the Passion Translation. This is how we live it. This is how it works. This is how that faith will activate grace. It's faith activating grace. It's just faith in what he's done. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me, and we live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? So we're co-crucified. He lives his, we live now our life in union with him. We're in union with Christ. Is that not just like, wow, is that not just blow your mind that that's really what happened at the cross? In fact, there is a verse in um, that Jesus talks about in John 14 that I, I was reading this week. And I don't have scriptures up for that, but I love it. Where he says this, when he's getting ready to leave, he says, you're going to know this, that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So you see what's happening here. This whole thing is really about Jesus living his life in us. He gives us the supply of the Spirit to live his life through us. And this is how... Faith is, faith is activating these things. But if we just get on with just trying to work this out ourselves, it'll just keep us bankrupt. This is where we always go, is back there, back there. So, Another great scripture, this a famous great scripture, is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away from me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Wonderful. I love it. So good. And I just feel like we always need to go back to this place of knowing that our whole life is by grace and that Jesus gave a great price that we could live in union with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Abraham is the father of faith. And, you know, it's this is an interesting scripture to me um, that I found this week that I thought was really, really powerful. Is this, it's talking about Abraham and how that he is the father of faith. And see, this is all really key. I, I really am beginning to put together how powerful faith is and operating in our lives because it releases the grace to empower us to live that um, that life, that exchanged life. Um, and, and here's what it says, that he was the father of faith and that he believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And... That means that he just believed he had faith in what God said, and he was given righteousness. Now, this is all taught in Scripture. I'm not going fully into it, but I love this verse here. It's uh, Galatians 3.14. It says the blessing of, that the blessing of Abraham may, may come upon the Gentiles that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Wow. So what he is actually saying now, this is what I love. What was the promise, the promise of the, the Spirit that would become through faith? It's the promise of the Father, which is in the book of Acts. And that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Is this just not? He says to Abraham that in your seed, the nations of the earth would be blessed. Well, that seed is Christ. And so through faith, do you see what I'm saying? That we have that seed, it's Christ, that the promise of the Spirit would get released. Do you see how this was before there was ever even law? Abraham got, he, he got a righteousness before there was ever law. And we're the same where it says this, that we are, it's accounted righteousness when we believe. The work of the cross was sufficient and not only that, when we're, we're Abraham's children, it's that seed of Christ, which is actually, by faith, is the releasing of the Holy Spirit. Is this just not wonderful, good news, gospel? It's just powerful to me to think the whole connection through Scripture was pointing the whole time that, we, that the just would live by faith. And it is, if it's ever a time, it's a time for us to live by faith. I just, I really love that. So I just wanted to encourage you so much that we have a great hope that we live by. And um, it is, it's just a time for us just to go back to the simplicity of Christ and what he's done. And um, it's, it's just wonderful. I think uh, the other thing I just want to remind us of, too, that we're sons and daughters, you know, and that by the grace of God, we have come back into a relationship to the Father, even, through the finished work of Christ. 
And that's really what Jesus was trying to tell his disciples in John 14. If you've seen me, you've seen Father. And he went on to say, I'm not going to leave you orphaned. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to send the spirit of adoption, Romans 8, that he's going to live in you. And because I'm in my Father, he's in me. I'm in you. You're me. See what's happening here? It's just incredible. So we, we're not left alone here. We can stand in faith that we're sons and we're daughters. It, it's just it's the gift that we have of the grace of God flowing in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, whereby he is saying, hey, you're, you're my child. Don't worry. Stand in faith. Let this faith just activate the grace that's been released, this unmerited favor. And it's, um, it's, it's just powerful. And I've, I want to um, I want to jump for joy again. I always, when I preach this, want to get saved again because it's such good news. And he's given, I just wanted to say this. This is one thing I'm going to end with. I was listening to Kalani's CD this week. She has a, a song on one of her albums. It's about the Holy Spirit. And it fires me up every single time I listen to it. And it's, she says this, we have every resource we need. And it's through the Holy Spirit. And it's this, we have the spirit of wisdom. It's those spirits of, those spirits of God that are mentioned in Isaiah. It's the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. Hey, we have everything we need. We have every resource that we need because we are sons and we're daughters. By faith, it, we, just, we just stand. We're going to stand on this. We thank God that he has sent the Holy Spirit to us, that he's made us, uh, he's made us children. We're not slaves. Can we just praise the Lord about that, that we can go back to home base? The gospel message has brought us into all of this, this the uh, gospel of grace. Let's just praise him. Let's just thank him today for all that he has done. And I love this, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and I'm going to end. We look away from the natural realm, and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. And I just bless you with that today. And I want to get Pastor Byron to come up and end this for us. Can we say yes and amen to the gospel of grace? Thank you, Lord. Amen to that word. Thank you, Lord. A few years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to meet Andrew Womack, and many of y'all know he's a famous preacher. And I said, Andrew, you're my brother-in-law's favorite preacher. He said, your brother-in-law, how about you? I said, no, my wife is my favorite preacher. She always will be. That's a word from the Lord for you today, the gospel of grace. Grace, grace. When you have a situation, speak to it. Grace, grace. And the Lord will do something because nothing can withstand the beautiful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was full of grace and truth. So, Father, I just want to bless. Lord, I want to bless the hearers of this word today with grace, with the gospel of grace. I pray you would penetrate our hearts. I pray you would penetrate our minds. Lord, I pray you would radically get a hold of us. Lord, because we, those of us who really are walking in a revelation of grace know the power of grace and know how it has changed our lives. And we're eternally thankful that we live in a, in a kingdom of grace 
in a kingdom of truth, a kingdom of love. And so we thank you for that today, Lord God. Do something in your people. For those who are afraid, release grace into their hearts. For those who are sick, the grace of healing. For those who need finances, the grace of finances. For those who need a, a, a vision for their future, Lord, the grace of vision for their future. We release it today, Lord God Almighty. We release it, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father's love, and the powerful communion of the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.